Welcome to episode 171 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we talk about our experience at PAX West 2023. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and I have two friends here with me today. My first friend, you know her, you love her. Her name is Katie Lesperance. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. I feel like I'm stealing Travis's uh, intro, but that's okay. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. And my second friend, his third time on the Left Behind Game Club, and he was there with us at PAX West 2023, it's Adam Gumbert from Respawn Aim Fire. Adam, hello. Howdy, y'all. If folks don't know you, tell us about yourself. Oh, I am Adam. I do many podcasts. The one that's relevant to this is uh, Respawn Aim Fire, which is a video game podcast. Jacob has appeared on it a couple times, played some games with us, did some uh, reviews with us. Great times. We love everybody in Canada. <laughs> Are you about to say you beat me at, tri- at trivia? Is that you? We don't know yet. We oh, don't know it. the results of that yet, but I am very good at trivia. <laughs> Um, check out Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, there's an upcoming episode of Raf Birdy, uh featuring myself where Adam may trounce us at trivia, but we'll see about that. Adam, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having me to PAX West in general. I mean, I'm not the stalwart of PAX West, but you're welcome. I'm only there because of you. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, which we'll talk about in two seconds. Uh, after I ask whoever's listening for a couple of favors. Number one, if you've been listening to the show for a while, do us a favor, give us a review on your podcasting platform of choice because you know it helps the algorithm juices really help us out. Uh, send the podcast to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts and give us a follow on Twitter at Left Behind Club uh, or X, whatever you want to call it. A little housekeeping for you. We've got some episodes in the feed from PAX West, including the last two. We have the Video Game Trivia 3 panel uh, that was awesome that we'll have in the we have in the feed and then also the panel that Adam and I appeared on which is the Game Boy Advance is the greatest handheld ever made panel which I'm going to ask you about in a little while Adam so so hold your horses on that um, but today we're talking about uh, PAX West. So this is a combination of us talking about cool games, cool experiences. We're going to pepper in some developer interviews as well. Uh, so the format of today is we're going to each talk about five games and share where you can find them and how great they are. But before that, I just want to ask your general feelings on PAX. I know for both of you, I believe, or for Katie, this is your first West. Adam, this was your second West? First West, second PAX overall. Okay, first West, second PAX overall. I want to know impressions on PAX West. Maybe starting with you, Katie. Um, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. PAX West was a lot of fun. Um, I went in, I had done PAX East earlier this year. That was my first PAX. Um, also a great time. I didn't really know what to expect with that one. So kind of came into this one. Kind of knowing the lay of the land a bit better, how things go, you know. Um, we had, like, a good crew of people with us also, again, this time, which I think, you know, just brings it up, like, three notches in my book. If I was just there solo, like, it'd be cool. But having, you know, you two and, and others with us, and we got to, you know, hang out after, have dinner, and talk about, you know, I played this. It was great. Go check it out. It's at this place. And, uh Yeah. Yeah, Pax West Adam, was awesome. same feelings? Yeah, it was really cool. I feel more comfortable with this one than the last one, just because I kind of get the 
the flow of how to do things. The, my first one, I just did, I think, like 17 panels. It's an exaggeration, but it was a lot. It was like four or five a day. It was way too many. Um, so I was more chill, played games, hung out with... The main thing was hanging out with, with you guys and meeting everybody. Like, never might, never met uh, Mike Towndro. I was super happy. Never mm-hmm. met you guys. Like I, Everyone, I was like, oh, great. I know these people for years, but I finally get to meet them. Um, and it was really cool and chill. I don't have the issue with there being two different halls because I was never there when there was only one. Yeah, so to here. me, ah. it seemed fine, I guess. There's a lot of nice, there's a lot of room. Pax East felt very yes. compact because it's all in one spot, though. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was very fun. So wait, am I the person that's going to be the one who complains about, oh, we yes. had to move between two buildings? So my only thing, because I agree, it did space things out better. Like just the space in between booths, you're like, except for Saturday a little bit was kind of cramped, but it's Saturday. Um, other than that, it was like, oh, you have mo- room to move around. You can kind of see what's going on a little bit better. Not cramped, but when you're like, when someone's like, hey, you should play this really cool game. And you're like, cool. Where is it? Like, oh, it's in the other building. It's uh, like three blocks away. And you're like, damn it. And you kind of have to like organize your day around that. It'd mm-hmm. be nice if all the games were in one building. And then you had like your panels, your, you know, other things. You had your your uh, Nintendo uh, exhibit thing. Um, Nintendo Live. Nintendo Live. You had, you know, your tabletop games. I feel like you could maybe diff- split them up that way but also i don't organize these things so what do i know um mm-hmm. but it wasn't terrible it was just you know every now and then you kind of had to figure out your day a little bit better it feels like they had a plan to put everyone in one building and then realized oh no nintendo's taking up part of this mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. or didn't have enough room for everyone and then just like took the convention center and like literally cut it in half and just put half in the other building I think to your point, like Growing Pains, they will figure it out. You know, it's how many times have they done packs now? Like almost 20 times, like, and Repop's done it at least probably a dozen times. Like they will figure it out. Um, I just know that for me, like going between appointments and not realizing there's two buildings when I was making appointments was definitely a little crazy. But to your point for the average packs goer, like it's more of an annoyance when people say, go play this thing, go check this out. And you have to go three blocks. Mm-hmm. Only thing I'll say is that more esports space they didn't have enough space for esports <laughs> should have doubled or tripled that yep <laughs> so as someone who used to do more things in esports what can i say here esports at gaming conventions like pax seems sometimes silly because sure there's people watching and i'm sure that when you you know boost your viewership with paid media you have a ton of eyes watching your thing but for preliminaries like in a weird random hall, like nobody's going to come and watch yeah. those things. So like, why are we doing them? I mean, look, esports competition is cool. I just think like there's a lot of it and a lot of preliminaries and there was no one in the audience for any of them. Oh, which really? also sucks for the competitors. Yeah. I did not Snapdragon had a thing and then DoorDash had a thing and they both had their own separate esports spaces. And I think Snapdragon was doing more mobile like esports things. And then DoorDash was doing more Street Fighter 6 stuff where it was like every day up until the final day, it was like qualifier A, qualifier B, qualifier Mm -hmm. C, which like must be cool for someone who's participating to be on a stage at PAX West to do a thing. But like, I don't know if I was a sponsor paying money, I wouldn't be too happy that there are zero butts and seats for all the money I paid, but I digress. Uh, panels. panels. There were panels. And I think someone we, here hosted panels. 
Yeah, but before that, and let's talk about Daniel Dwyer. Was on a panel. Oh, Daniel Dwyer, yes. Yeah, let's talk about the no clip oh, panel because it so was very good. good and we were all there. Yep. Katie, you lost your mind. Please tell us why. Oh my god. You audibly squealed. I I squealed and yelled. I'm pretty sure I yelled no, but in like a positive way. And then I was like, no way, no, no. And I thought I'd be able to be able to hear me on the stream. You can't. But okay, you checked. Um, yes. And then I like grabbed Jacob by the shoulder and shook him, and then like almost grabbed the random stranger to my left, and then realized I don't know this person, and quickly drew my hand back before that I made that mistake. Katie doesn't do physical contact, so that's a big I'm, thing. I'm not a big hugger. Like I'm not. I don't like get up in people's business a lot. Mm-hmm. And but no, I was like Jacob, it's happening. Um, they announced like first time ever announced that they were doing a return to monkey island um documentary with like a little bit of like a retrospective on the series and i lost my mind the music (laughs) kicked in and i was like (gasps) i know this music Mm -hmm. i know what's happening that was exciting but there's a remake coming too as a part of that right no 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 um he said oh we're doing this uh, because yep. he said started to say remake and then he was like oh no sorry not remake they recently put out the next chapter because they Got put it. out return to monkey island last year Got which it. was the fourth chapter of the series um so no no um they've already remastered the first uh, two games but but yeah no documentary i'm pumped it's gonna be great mm-hmm. That was a very good panel especially the burger king section where they're uh chronicling the making of those very interesting Burger King games, including a man who's a professional wrestler who owns 4,000 copies, who they got like the inside of his room where he's like, here are my 4,000 copies of Sneak King. King. Yes. Very good stuff. Daniel Dwyer doing God's work. Very good. I was a big fan of the, because Danny's got a bunch of E3, like old E3, like 1080p videos that were thought lost to time. And one of them, he showed us that Xena Warrior Princess yes. fan club had videos at E3 <laughs> for some yep. reason. And I was like, these are wonderful. It was just bloopers from Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. And I was like, wait, why is Melissa Joan Hart in this show? I do not remember her being there. But she was in it, apparently. It was very good. Huh. Didn't realize that either. No, panel was very good. Um, Danny took suggestions, too, for, for documentaries. Uh, but later, the next day in that same room, uh, Adam, you did your first panel ever. Game Boy Advance's greatest handheld ever made, which is available in this feed and on YouTube. Any thoughts on doing a panel in front of a room of strangers? Oh, it's pretty fun, man. I had a great time. <laughs> You're uh, very funny. I tried to be. I, the, not the issue. So I was like, all right, this is a cool panel. Put a lot of time into it. Figured this out. Getting getting to interact with the crowd is probably the best idea. I think that's a really good idea that Jacob does with his panels. Is like, have the audience come up. It's like, that makes it much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided, I told Jacob before, I was like, I'm going to play a heel. Because like, I want to have fun and be silly, right? But I didn't know that the other guy on the other side of the table, Finn, right? Harris Foster. Oh, it's Harris. Har- Harris or Finn in the center? No, Finn was the center. It was Harris yeah. on the end, yeah. uh, who also happened to be playing a heel. We did not talk about it beforehand. So there's just two ends of the table that are heels, and everyone else is very nice in the middle. And it was yeah. it was a good time. I liked it a lot. Literally, it was a heel sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not on purpose. You- not on purpose. You had Celia Schilling from Yacht Club, uh, Jenny Wyndham, who has too many jobs, and then uh, Finn, who's also from uh, Super Ducks Gamescast. Hmm. And yes, we were very wholesome, and then y'all just wanted to stir the pot the whole time. Yeah, it was it was a really good time. I like that one. Good uh, crowd. If you, good crowd. Uh, people who know a lot about the Game Boy Advance, including like what's released in Japan. That guy was like... 
Every wild. game was released. He's like, actually, Advance Wars 1 and 2 was released in Japan on uh, September mm-hmm. uh, 10th in Japan. I was like, all right, dude, whatever. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling 2, greatest wrestling game. Sure. Yes. I've played Fire Pro. It's, it's a good game. So, Absolutely. Uh, that one is episode 169 in the feed. So if you want to go listen to that, uh, you can listen to the audio. It's it's perfectly great in audio form. Uh, it's also available on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash um, we also had the video game uh, trivia live three panel, which was also cool. That one I think is better viewed in video. Um, mm-hmm. It's wild words. I'm about to say it's available on giantbomb.com. Hey. Uh, so thank you to uh, to Luke Lewis for editing that together and, and for shooting shooting video. Um, but I think that's n- no disrespect to any former katie uh video game trivia panelists but um (laughs) me and travis just like trying to scrape together a few points just to not embarrass (laughs) ourselves yeah no the bar got raised i'm sorry people knew some absurd answers Uh um uh, uh, and comedy too was pretty oh, yeah. pretty high. Yeah, we get doodles and jokes and comedy and yeah, no, it was, and great crowd as always and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Were you about to say the final question was the, the thing that stumped everyone or like what no. was what were you gonna say that stumped people or that was like a wild thing that people knew? Oh, um, um, oh, what's her name? Oh my god, I, I'm terrible names. I blank on names. I know all the time. Lucy. Yes, Lucy James. Lucy James. Um, yeah, yeah. Rattled off this one game I've never heard of. It was like a three or four word title of a game. Yep. And mm-hmm. every literally everyone was just like, "What?" And then it bam on the screen. That's the game. And yeah, no, it's shocking. You could tell it just came from like a the deep yeah. recesses of her mind. She's like recalling it. She's like, "Wait, is it blah 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 blah?" And you're like, "It is in fact that." And yeah, everyone was shocked. But no, they were. Everyone did a great job. Yeah. So if you want to have the funny ha-has about that and maybe get stumped by some video game trivia, that's episode 170 in the feed. Or like I mentioned, you can find it on uh, giantbomb.com and their YouTube channel. So those are some panels. But why don't we talk about some video games? Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe I'll just start and talk about Leaf Blower Man, if that's okay with y'all. Absolutely. Go for it. So Leaf Blower Man is from the folks that did Rain on Your Parade. The company is uh, Unbound Creations. Uh, this one is very simply a game where you walk around as a, as a man blowing leaves either into piles, out of the pool, uh, you know, around a yard. So like fun as a very simple experience. But the thing that we didn't really get to experience in the demo, but we experienced in the trailer is that there may be some like inscription level stuff going on in the metagame where like let me just tease you and say there may be fmv in this video game so if you like rain on your parade as like an xbox game pass game that is like very simply like turn off your brain rain on some folks lightning on some folks and watch the physics do what they do um leaf blower man there's a demo on steam you can check out uh, but what I'd love to do now is actually air an interview that we have um, with uh, Hakub, uh, which is the, I believe, the Polish version of Jacob, uh, who's going to talk to us about Leaf Blower Man. So your last game, Rain on Your Parade, uh, about thunderstorms or about rain, uh, we're now on to a game about leaf blowing. How do you make that transition from uh, rain to leaf blowing? So a lot of my games are actually inspired by real life events. And this game was inspired by hearing that our city council is planning to ban uh, gas powered leaf blowers because of how annoying they are. And I also have another anecdote when I was sick with COVID and was isolating for five days. Every single day between 12 and 2 p.m. There was a leaf blower outside my window in April when there are no leaves. 
who was literally just blowing nothing onto the street like every day. Why? Who pays him to do that? What function does that save in society? Anyway, I thought I can make a game out of that, and here we are. So in the game, obviously, you, you clean up the leaves, but there might be a little mischief making, you know, throwing some things in a pool. Um, for players, what should they expect uh, besides blowing some leaves? Uh, definitely the joy of creating chaos and schadenfreude, where uh, a good leaf blower is someone who's a nuisance to their neighbors. So that's how you actually earn points, by uh, blowing in front of their window in the morning, knocking things over. And from there, the game kind of goes places and you go on an epic adventure where maybe you save humanity and maybe there will be some subversive elements that I cannot quite speak about yet. Can you maybe tease some of those out? I think if folks are curious about a game about leaf blowing, uh, watch the trailer because you will see these subversive elements. But is there any way you can give just a, a small tease about what some of those might be? Yes. So uh, as an extra incentive, the game is going to be free on Steam, so you don't have to pay for it. There will be some DLC, but it's all optional. Uh, so the game is supported by ads, but those ads are not quite what meets the eye. And as you play along, you may start to wonder. And uh, let me just leave it at that. Okay, it's, when not really, it's, not at the core, it's not really a game about blowing leaves. Uh, when can people play Leaf Blower Man and uh, where can they play it? Uh, the game is on Steam. You can wishlist it now. And yeah, it's coming out in the fall 2023. Amazing. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. All right. So that was the interview that we had um, with the head of Unbound Creations about Leaf Blower Man. So I think what I'd love to do now is maybe go to our guest, Adam. Uh, tell us about uh, one of the games on your list. All right. I will. Really quick. Melissa Joan Hart was not in Xena. It's a girl who looks exactly like her. Oh, It's okay. a different actress that, completely. Good. Because I was like, wait, what? what did, how did it's I miss Renee, this? Sabrina Renee was in o that show? No. I did not know. The actress's name is Renee O'Connor, and there's literally a news article like, doesn't she look exactly like Melissa Joan Hart? I'm like, yeah, she did. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, first game I'm going to talk about, a little game called Anton Blast. Yeah. Oh, my this God. This is a cool okay, one. I'm sorry. She does look like Melissa Joan Hart. It's creepy. I Googled it. <laughs> That's shocking. Okay. Yeah. But Anton That's why Blast. I was confused. <laughs> yeah, you know, Anton Blast was... Uh, we were over in one of the halls, uh, <laughs> not the one, but the other one. Um, oh, okay, good. got it. Yep. Uh -huh. There we go. The one next to Devolver. The, uh, the bad Wi-Fi or the good Wi-Fi? The really bad Wi-Fi. Oh, okay, God. you're in Arch. Arch, absolutely. Um, and there's this game called Anton Blast there, and I had never heard of it. And Jacob started talking to the dude. I'm like, I'm just gonna play your play your game, dude, because we're over here hanging out. Um, and it's it's basically like. Okay, so Pizza Tower came out this year, and everyone yep. was was hot and bothered about it. And this game is basically a mix of like, you know, Pizza Tower slash Wario Land, mm -hmm. and a little bit of uh, Crash Bandicoot, and a little bit of Rayman Legends, Ooh. Uh, a little bit. Um, and it's kind of all of those things put together. You're basically this this little guy. It's a platformer. You can jump in the background and the foreground, mm -hmm. and his attacks is he lowers his shoulder and like charges through stuff, and that's how you kill things. And um, it looks like a GB, like a GBA game that they made now, and it's very much Wario Land mixed with all those other things I said. It's really, really good. I was like, oh, this is a fun platformer. Difficult. You got to get good for sure. But uh, I like the movement, and I like the his power abilities. Like, the way mm -hmm. you jump is like you activate his hammer to, like, hit the ground to jump up, um, and then he shoulder charges through things. It was a really cool, like... Yeah, I'm reading the story now because I didn't know it. I just went in there and played it. Apparently, he, like... The devil was mad that this man was red, so he's like doing all the platforming levels to collect souls to like 
make the devil not mad at him anymore i don't know it was great it felt really good it was really fun <laughs> i played it and i was so enamored by it that i purchased when i went to portland after packs i purchased a copy of wario land 4 because i was like i need this video game it felt great it does katie you didn't play that one did you i did not no this I'll one check that out of all the games i'm talking about the only one that has a demo on steam oh i Probably the same demo from PAX, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. So, check that one out. Yeah, if if the idea of, like, Pizza Tower or Wario Land sounds cool, do it. And it's got the little added, you know, the movement's different. And the background and foreground stuff was really cool. It's like, oh, I've only ever seen this in, like, Rayman Legends. So, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a cool little twist. I feel like I've seen it in maybe, like, a Kirby game or two on, like, the 3DS. But, like, it was very novel and very fun. So, that was Anton Blast. The studio's name, I believe, is Summit Sphere. Yeah, it's from Summit Sphere. Yeah, Summit uh, so Sphere. So go wishlist that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Katie. Um, so I'm going to cheat right out the gate. Because, you know, mm-hmm. J- Jacob's like, oh, bring four games. Uh. And he's like, cool, actually bring five games. And I'm like, cool, I'm still going to cheat and include two games in one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, I think this applies, though. So I'm going to talk about two games. Starvaders, mm-hmm. um, which is developed and published by Starvaders Studio. And then the second game is Cobalt Core, uh, mm-hmm. developed by Rocket Rat, Ga- Rocket Rat Games, published by Brace Yourself Games, who made um, those Necrodancer games, yeah, Rift of and Night of, I believe. Um, so they are both. So they're extremely similar, but very different, have different mechanics. Um, they're both kind of like Slay the Spire-esque roguelite deck building where you mm-hmm. are slowly building your deck and your run, you're getting relics to help out and... Um, so the reason that they're similar is that you are basically playing a spaceship, mm-hmm. um, in Starvaders. I think of it as Slay the Spire meets, like, um, Space Invaders, where mm-hmm. these, like, mech enemies, like, alien mech enemies are approaching down to the bottom of the screen with each turn, mm-hmm. and you are trying to prevent them from reaching the bottom, because once they reach the bottom, that's when they're going to inflict damage on you. Um... That's a lot of fun. You know, you can put out, you can directly attack them. You can put out bombs that then if you do damage to the bomb, it explodes, hits everything Hmm. surrounding it. Um, Great strategy, a lot of fun. And then Cobalt Core is very similar, but it's your spaceship against another spaceship. And you can move, there are certain cards that will move your spaceship laterally. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can actually move out of the way of attacks. Like an attack Hmm. will... You can see which turrets on the other um, spaceship are going to send attacks down. So you can move your spaceship over to like dodge out of the way, but then you may not be able to like deliver your attacks or you kind of have to strategize that way. So they're both, like I said, using very similar like game style, but have different mechanics that made them both a lot of fun that I am looking forward to both of these games. I am a huge Slay the Spire fan. These both did that extremely well. Um, I think they're both coming out. So Starvaders has a demo on Steam currently. Um, probably mm-hmm. the same demo I played. It's planned release 2023. I feel like they just probably need to decide to update that um, <laughs> probably pretty soon. But in any case, and then Cobalt Core is also planned release 2023. Um, I think Cobalt Core was closer, I believe. But, but yeah, they're coming soon. Um, and you can check them both out on Steam. Cobalt Core really looked like, what if you took the ship management out of FTL, 
kept the same perspective and then threw Slay the Spire in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can, I'm on board with that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not trying yeah. to keep your spaceship alive by, you know, yes. managing all that stuff. No, you're just like managing your attacks, your dodges, mm-hmm. your shields. Um, there'll be like little asteroids that show up in the way that are like obstacles that you can use to block your at- the enemy attacks. It's mm-hmm. really good. I could have just kept playing. Like, I'm like, I want both of these games right now. So Katie cheated, uh, but she yes. gave us Starvaders <laughs> and Cobalt Core. Yes. Uh, check those ones out. Uh, I want to talk about Biomorph mm-hmm. because oh. I believe that's a game that we all played, correct? Yes. Yes. So Biomorph, the pitch that we were given in an email, which I think might be one of the best pitches I've ever gotten from a PR company before, when they said it is a mix of Hollow Knight and Kirby, and I, that immediately I was like, just that line alone, I will check your game out. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold... It's a pretty good video game. It comes from a from a Montreal studio that has really nailed like the Metroidvania movement and like simple combat. But the Kirby part comes in where uh, there are larger enemies in the world that you can essentially beat and then absorb their powers and sort of embody them. So one of them was like a giant ram, for example, and that giant ram will let you ram through certain parts of the environment, sort of like in a Metroidvania when you would get a certain power that would let you into certain areas. But the twist is that the more of those creatures that you absorb, the more abilities you get, but the creatures in the world you know, after you've moved to another room and then come back, they will get the abilities that you have as well. So really there's this like risk reward of, do you power yourself up, but then you also power up enemies, but also just felt really good. Uh, Adam, you, you played this one too, right? Yeah, I really liked it. It felt wonderful. All the things you said are great. The thing I loved about the demo, well, I like the art style too. That's a big one. Or it's like very clean line, like mm-hmm. animated style. It's like a very high production sort of cartoon uh, look. Um, thing I loved about the demo was like I felt like I did a lot, and then it was like you you did like forty nine percent because there's mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff that was in the demo that I didn't even see. I was like, ooh, like this is a full Metroidvania, and I am mm-hmm. I'm here for this weird cat alien monster. <laughs> so I'm down for that. Yeah, uh, echo what you both said. Also, I just loved like the attention to detail of the world because um like the enemies that you meet when you biomorph into them and absorb them you know kirby them um you they it gives you like a descriptor of that Mm. enemy and it's so detailed in a way that i appreciate where it's not just enemies it's not like oh that rammy enemy it's like no no it has a name and it has a description of what's like i the rammy one says something about like oh it kept growing but its skull can't grow and its head is pressing against the sides of the skull and so it has a constant migraine so it bashes its head against the wall to try to relieve its headache and i'm like hey that tells me about the enemy yep um in an interesting way that i remember um and tells you it attaches like its description to how it behaves and like its Mm -hmm. attacks love that like that that brings it up so much for me yeah, this and and also like even beyond that, the it's the little things too. It's like the slide dash yes. is really good, and f- there's just little movement stuff and little animation stuff that just feels good and makes us feel like it's a you know it's a really highly produced game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biomorph the demo is available on Steam. It's coming to Steam and Nintendo Switch, uh, TBD, but maybe next year. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, Adam, you're up. 
All right, I'm going to go... Oh, man, this is a good one. So, I'll explain what the game is first before I say the basic, the one-sentence pitch that actually sells it. Okay. So, it's a game from, I think it's Genon Studios, G-E-N-U-N. Okay. Uh, it's a racing game. Um, apparently, there's a part that has shooting in it. I didn't play that part of it. But it's like... <laughs> I just, I'm just... There's, I'm looking out on their page, and I don't... I didn't shoot stuff, but they're shooting here. So basically, it's like, all right, it's a racing game, but it's really interesting controls because it's like, all right, you power up your engines. You have a left and a right engine, and you power them up by pushing forward on the sticks. But if you want to turn, you power down on one and keep the other one powered to turn to the side that, you know, doesn't have power. And you also can just apply weight and just smash the engine to the ground and make a really sharp turn. There's a button where you can completely shut off your engines and power up and shoot forward. It's like a really, like, it has a little bit of a, a, a skill ceiling where you did, like, understand how to, like, underpower and overpower to turn and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it feels really great, and it's, I feel like it's super early, but it feels wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, the one-sentence pitch is, uh, it's legally descript pod racing. Because yeah, I remember this one. Yep, this is it's they're pod racers. They're 100 percent pod racers. Um, but you know, obviously they don't have the Star Wars license. But it felt great for this game being this early. Um, because I was looking on their page. Like the only way you can play this is like a sign up to our Discord and you can play test community play test. And we're trying to come out in 2024. And it's like they've got like 100 followers on Twitter. So that's like you guys are still pretty low and you know maybe a little undiscovered. But it felt so good. It felt wonderful. I'm like, oh, this is. When we play episode one racer on the N64, this is what I wish I was actually playing back then. It just, it feels, it feels amazing to like, now this is pod racing, basically. Yeah. It doesn't even have a Steam page yet. What? Does it not? I don't even know if it has a Steam page yet. It's called Ascent Rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we'll probably do is we'll link to, if we don't find the Steam page, we will link to this, uh, there's early ga- uh, early combat gameplay that will convince you that it is like pod racing because it looks, you know, there there are things that sort of look like the Star Wars storm- Stormtroopers on top <laughs> of these sort of pod racers that are shooting sort of like beam cannons. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, you're right. I, there's not a Steam page. Yeah, they have they have a website and they have a Discord where apparently you can community play. T- I'm telling you, keep your eyes out because it's going to be like for it to feel this good and them to not have any of that stuff out yet. Um, that's going to be good. I'm just telling y'all now. Ascent Rivals from Gunnan Games. Uh, we'll link to something. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you're up. Um, next up, uh. It is the last game that I played of the entire packs. Um, it is Mirthwood. Ah. And this game is my uh, all my things, ex- except for roguelites. This, it's not a roguelite, um, even though I love those. But this, okay, this reminded me of like a like a semi-top-down version, like smaller version of of kind of like an Elder Scrolls, but way smaller. Because mm-hmm. you're running around, you're stumbling upon things, um, you're finding quests kind of organically, you can talk to villagers, you can uh, gather herbs, you can loot chests and find new mm-hmm. stuff. Like I found like a jack-o'-lantern helmet that I was running around with. Um it is developed by Bad Ridge Games, published mm-hmm. by V Publishing. It's supposed to come out in 2024. It I I don't know what it was. It was just so charming and like very relaxed in a way that like make, makes me like free to explore. And and there was a thing with um 
like conversing with other characters, mm-hmm. you have so many options and they kind of break them down as like romantic options, um, questioning options. Like uh, they kind of separate them by mm-hmm. category. And the one, the one person that I talked to was this man and his description said, um, doesn't really like kind of tired of people. And I'm like, it's almost right. the Sims like in that way, right? Yeah, like it was, it was very specific and like unconventional. And I talked to him, and I was like, "All right, you're sick of people." So I kind of like was a little gentle about it. I didn't come on too strong. And we like went back and forth one time, and then I said one more thing, and it was like, "He's sick of you now." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's so good," because. Typically, you run into NPCs and it's like, oh, strange traveler, nice to meet you. Let me tell you about my entire history, my job, my family, what my my doubts and fears. And also, I need these five herbs down the street. Like, no, it was just a guy. And he kind of was didn't want to talk to me. And it made me want to come back and talk to him again. Like, I was like, oh, these are going to be like different interactions that I'm used to having. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat was fun. It's kind of a uh, reminded me of... Um, I don't know if you probably haven't played it. Um, that that's rat game. You're like a rat. Oh, iron t- tales iron, of iron. Tales of iron. iron tale? Yes, yeah, kind of yeah. like that, but ways, but like not as hard because that's kind of basically souls like. But um, that kind of like stick and move and um, slow combat. Yeah, I ran into a bandit, killed a bandit, took his stuff, uh, put on new equipment. I took some herbs. I'm like, oh, I can make potions with my herbs. I can cook things. I can. Uh, there was a guy stabbed to a wall. I took a sword and then took the note and then met somebody later who was like, oh, my friend, I uh, left with, he had the sword. I'm like, oh, he's, he's dead. So sorry. It was not a long demo. And it, it ended, it was, it was a time limited demo and it ended and I was like, oh, it's done. I want to keep playing. Like, I want this right now. I want to play Mirthwood right now. So that's Mirthwood. It's so it, much fun. It looked like Pentiment for those who've played that one. Yeah. Is that a fair comparison? Mm-hmm. Yes. But then had more openness than Pentiment because that's a pretty like linear experience. But it, it, like you said, had the Elder Scrolls sort of open world nonsense. Yeah. Just wander around and get into stuff. Love it. You know, so is there funny? a demo for that one? Ooh, there is not no, a demo right? on Steam. No. Okay. You know what's really funny about that is that I also played the demo and really liked it. Um, but there's an entire part of the game you didn't mention is that there's Stardew Valley in this game. Where you yes. Can, you can farm. Yeah. And I, st- I went to the farm and then my timer popped up. I was like, well, I'm not going to start a farm, obviously. I've got 10 <laughs> minutes left. But I was like, I want this full game so I can actually do the farming stuff on top yeah. of all the explore the world and do all that, that cool stuff. I was like, I just want to farm and go kill bandits. It sounds awesome. Uh, that's Mirthwood. As mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to link all of these games' Steam pages where applicable in the notes. So if there's something that you think you would love, do us a favor, wishlist the game because wishlisting games actually really matters. So that one is Mirthwood from Bad Ridge Games. Didn't you just try to romance everyone that you met, Jacob? Yeah, I did, truly. Yeah, just And my partner was sitting over my shoulder and she was just like, why are you doing the thing? And I was like, it's a video game, honey, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about Framemakers. Uh, Framemakers was my game of show um, for the other podcasts that I do, Crossplay Conversations. Uh, Katie, you and I took the appointment together. Uh, we spent time with Max, who's just a, a lovely fellow who comes from the, uh, the, the Super Smash Flash mod scene. Yes, there are Flash games based on Smash that are out there, and Max was one of the, the big folks. He's the game designer uh, behind this one. Uh, this is Indie Smash Brothers. 
And I know that you've probably heard that there are a lot of platform fighters out there, you know, Rivals of Ether, there's Brawlhalla, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But this one was the closest that I have gotten to a to playing Super Smash Brothers. And I think it's a couple of reasons. It's because the animation was great. The the response, the character response was really great. And I played it with a GameCube, so I feel like that pushed me from like 97 to 100. But it just felt really good, regardless what character I played. You know, I played as Octodad for a little bit. Um, there is uh, a character coming. I, Katie, please help me from the Slay the Spire, the Watcher. Oh. Um, yes, who is uh, one of your um, uh, assists. Um, and is coming as a character this, is, like th- soon. Oh, yes. They're bringing the character, uh, the Watcher as a main, as a playable main. Um, mm-hmm. But they do have the Silent, another Slay the Spire character, um, as an assist. And I saw the Silent because I'm looking at all these characters. I'm like, oh, my God, these are like indie characters from all across the indie game world that everyone mm-hmm. will find one that like if you if you play indie games at all you'll be like i know that like what is yep. that doing here because it's not something these characters aren't things that you typically see uh mm-hmm. popping up elsewhere but yeah there's the silent that I, that was the one that i was like wait what what is the mm-hmm. silent doing here because like yep. spire is one of my favorite games of all time um there's like the ape from ape out like, yeah, as an assist. So, like, yes. I think you should draw the the, the difference between, like, the, the playable characters, mm-hmm. you know, the commander videos, the arcanes, uh, the octodads, but then also there is assists, and there's, like, tons of them already in the game, mm-hmm. and they can basically just, like, you build a meter that will help you bring them in, and they'll do a thing. Yeah, so to your point, a special. They come and do a special, whether it's, you know, obscure, like, Machinarium, like, you remember that game back in the day, all the way to, you know, there's characters from Among Us that are in it. Yeah, That have, like, a special mini game that you can, like, hit a button and it will either, uh, you can fake people out and, like, essentially cause damage to a bunch of characters, or you can hit it and heal everyone in a specific bubble. So, like, tons of different um, things that you can do with this one. Yeah, it was just, like, super creative. Um, You can tell that it comes from, like, a love of Smash Brothers and a love of just video games in general. Mm -hmm. And they're just putting a lot of work into it. They're adding constantly all these new characters all the time. Um, But, yeah, they all felt great. I am not a big Smash player. And I was like, oh, no, this feels good. Like, Mm -hmm. I I have dabbled in those, you know, the other ones. The the other ones that try. And it's like, ah, why, why? Or smash why would i play this but no this this is fun uh we've got an interview now with max from uh team frey who's working on frame makers uh he's the game design lead so let's get into that now like i said we did a fan game for 10 years which cannot make us any money because we're not officially licensing any of that ip so clearly we all really really like making platform fighter characters um it's honestly probably my, my favorite genre for my entire life like Playing Smash on the 64 probably changed the way that I thought about games. It's like inspirational how innovative that game was, while also being like extremely fun and the best in class of its genre. Even however many years on, like the core foundations of that game still hold up. Um, so, when I was getting into game development as a kid, I'm 
a little bit older, so there weren't like super handy tools when I was first starting. So I sought out other people who are looking for platform fighter or who are looking for platform fighter developers, and I found the guys who are working on Super Smash Flash. So it is a terrible name for a game that is running in Adobe Flash because that was what people used back then. Was that on Newgrounds or where was it? So Super Smash Flash One was on Newgrounds. That was actually made by our lead programmer in one summer over the course of like three or four months. An insane achievement. The game is really bad to play. He would not mind me saying that. It is awful. Super Smash Flash 2 we made over the course of over a decade. There's still some people who are working on Super Smash Flash 2 to this day just because they like it so much. It is very fun to work on like non-licensed characters. You know, you get the vibe. It's just fun to work on platform fighter characters really though. Like translating characters that are already existing in a different genre game into a platform fighter is always such an enthralling game design challenge. Like every single character is a different series of puzzles to get them to work. Not only just like bringing references in, but to get it to work as a cohesive fighting game character. So that's why when we went to Framemakers, we gravitated towards looking for characters that we can officially license because our skill set and our passion lies with like adapting characters into a platform fighter environment. Do you have a wish list of characters that you go out and get first, or do you have basically we want this profile of character and then map that onto like a partnership or a partner that you're looking at? So there's obviously a few factors that go into it. Um, our primary concern, especially for our playable cast, is just do we think they would make a super cool platform fighter character? That is like number one, and if we don't, if we don't have like an amazing concept for them as a platform fighter character, or we don't think they'd be unique enough or anything else, that's where it ends. Like even if it's the most popular character in the world, if we think it would be boring, that's not something we're going to be passionate about working about or working on. And I don't think our players would feel passionate about playing that character. Like with our roster, we want every single character to be super unique. Um, as far as how high profile they are goes, I mean, we want the game to like have been played by more people than just me. But aside from that, especially for assists, the floor is the limit. The sky is the limit. What's the opposite of that? You know what I mean. There's no real bottom floor for how popular the game has to be. Like, if we find a game and we're like, that would be a really cool Framemakers character, we think it would look great in our art style, we think we could do something really unique with it mechanically, then we're happy to do it as long as the developer is happy for us to have the character. So if you look for our roster, you'll find everything from zero sales to millions of sales. It's just mostly stuff we're passionate about and we think would work really well. You have tons of assist trophies. Oh, sorry, I called them assists. Tons yeah, of assists. Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers poisons the, the brain. You know. <laughs> tons of assists. Uh, tons of like older indie games that yes. are a part of it. Do you have a personal favorite? I know that's like asking you to pick you, between your you kids. You're actually asking me to pick between my kids. Um, I think... Hmm. Maybe There's, like two if you want to go to two. So... There's a difference between, when I'm actually playing the game, I do random both, unless I'm testing something specific, obviously, but like, I, try, I just random my content every time because I try to not play favorites. Honestly, my answer to this question changes a lot over time because, you know, you know, they know how it goes. Like, I designed all these assists, so I love them all almost equally. Right now, I'm really liking the Greg Lobanov games. Um, he's actually here. He has Beastie Ball at PAX. This is his newest game. But we have Chicory and Wandersong represented as assists. And more than any other characters we have in the game, people will be like, I had never heard of these characters. I love them in Framemaker, so I wanted to play it. And now they're some of my favorite games. And then for me, that's like the most rewarding thing in the world. Like that is the secret reason for this game existing. It's just me wanting to promote, or all of us wanting to promote games that we really love to a bunch of people. So having that actually turn out is huge. And Chicory and Wandersong are just like such special, unique games that they have a magic power to make that happen repeatedly. So I'm really favoring those two right now because it's been happening a lot. Uh, 
we played, and when we played, we uh, tried the imposter character oh, as yeah. an assist, which, can you explain how unique that assist is? Because so, it's sort of wild. That was probably either that or a crag from Rivals of Aether are two assists that we put the most work into getting into our engine because it is a very unique functionality we brought to the Among Us assist. Because we were, it was actually the d hardest design challenge probably because we knew there was something there, but bringing something from Among Us, you can't just have like the imposter show up and do an attack because that doesn't feel like Among Us. We want to represent the actual feeling of the game, like the spirit of the game. That's the goal of all of our assists. So what we decided to do was have the player make a secret choice when they call the assist between crewmate and imposter. And then after five seconds, the crewmate does a buff for everybody and the imposter kills all your opponents in a circle. So you get to play this really crazy mind game where the buff is extremely strong, but if you jump in thinking it's the buff, you do a super cool full screen cutscene for the imposter killing your character. So it is incredibly awesome. I get to talk up our artists a lot because they put a lot of effort into like bringing all the Among Us stuff into our art style. The character has tons of frames of animation and it was a blast to work on. And Intersloth are great to work with, honestly. Like it was really a dream come true to be able to work with those guys and I'm happy with the result of how it turned out in Frame Makers. Uh, the game's in early access now. Yes. Uh, can you tell us about the characters that are in the game and sort of what the plan is for rolling out new characters? Yeah. So the characters that are in the game right now, we have four currently publicly, but maybe by the time you hear this, Fish Bungeon will be out. He's currently only available on this con build. So this is like this and one of the other cons we did this month are the first time he's been playable for the public. But we are planning on releasing him quite soon. So he should be available like on Steam any day now. Um, after that, we have the Watcher and then at least in early access. So really quick backstory, we did a crowdfunding campaign which funded our initial 1.0 set of characters. So version 1.0 of the game will have at least nine characters, 50 assists, and 14 stages, I think. Uh, and then we've also funded at least one DLC character. So I can commit to at least 10 and then all those other amounts of content. Now that's our, you know, that's early access through 1.0. We just love working on this crap so much. I would love to just keep working on platform fighter characters for frame makers for forever. It's just like, we haven't funded those ones yet, so it's hard to say for sure. But yeah, that's our longer term game plan. Um, but basically, as far as immediate future, cranking out content. We have a bunch of characters coming down the pipeline that we're super excited about. So you can keep an eye out on our early access and they'll be coming out soon. Um, you said this before we were talking, kind of your ideal way to play. Uh -huh. uh, it supports a lot of different controller methods, I'm assuming? Yes. So we... From the beginning of this project, we knew we wanted to support a bunch of controllers. Uh, we come, like we, like I said, from a fan game background, so everyone was playing that on keyboard, so we wanted to make sure the keyboard controls were good, which, if it's, you know, you're used to having an analog stick when you're playing a platform fighter, so getting that to a fully digital device like a keyboard requires a lot of creative solutions to problems. Uh, we had already done some of those with our previous game, but for this one, we really think we nailed down the feel of playing a platform fighter on a digital device. And then past that, we have support for all of the major devices, like we have PlayStation, Xbox, Hitbox, everything that you can imagine plug in, we wanted it to work. Now I can't guarantee if you find some super esoteric controller that it'll work, but most of the normal ones you should be able to plug in. Stadia controller? Maybe, actually. I think I should ask one of our, our programmer brought a Stadia, so I should ask him about that and see if it actually works. 
probably would if it's just like a normal input type. Anything you want to leave with folks who, after hearing this, might be interested in, in FrameMakers? Yeah, so you can find FrameMakers on Steam. You can just search FrameMakers on Steam. You can also just do FrameMakers.com slash Steam. We're also on pretty much every social media at FrameMakers Game, Twitter, or whatever it's called now, YouTube, TikTok. You can find us on all of those if you want to check out some more. Um, we are, like I mentioned earlier, really ramping up our development cycle. So we have tons of content that's going to be coming down in the pipeline. Oh, and I don't think we talked about it yet, but we also, when we were developing this game, we built the tool that we're using to make all of the content and then released that tool for free along with the game. So already on Steam Workshop, there's hundreds of pieces of custom characters, assists, and stages, and there's more coming out every day. So it's just another super cool way to play. We built a really easy, user-friendly program for creating platform fighter characters because we kind of wanted to bring like the same thing we did in 2008 to the people now, but without having to use Adobe Flash with all of its problems. So we really put a lot of effort into making an easy development environment. Um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that feature in there because we hadn't gone over it too much. Aside from that, I would love for you guys to play it or just like hit me up on Twitter or anything else. I'd love to talk to people who are playing FrameMakers, so feel free to shoot any questions my way. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Do you feel like you're the only person in your circle who wants to go deep about video games regularly? We were like that too. Until now. Welcome to Crossplay Conversations, the brand new bi-weekly topical video game podcast from Luke Lewis, Joseph Hooper, and Jacob McCord. With many years of breaking it down separately on shows like the Left Behind Game Club, Player Player Podcast, and Lukewarm Games, the gang is finally coming together to publish their gaming group chat in audio form every other week. Expect roundtable reviews of the latest games, profiles of upcoming indies, and insightful conversations about essential topics in the video game industry all with a mostly positive, insightful, and fun style. Crossplay Conversations debuts on August 1st with brand new episodes hitting every other Tuesday. Help us out by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice to get the first episodes delivered straight to your feed. And follow us on Twitter at Crossplay Convos for updates about the show. Cheers, Cheers and, and happy, happy gaming. gaming. We've gone through seven games here, uh, so let me jump in and give Adam the baton to speak next about Mythic Protocol Riftstorm. Oh, yeah. Mythic Protocol Riftstorm. It's from Mythic Protocol. This is a developer. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the simplest pitch you can do is that it, it's it's a, it's co-op. It has co-op. I played it single player. But it's like a top-down roguelike looter shooter, a.k.a. it's Hades, but sci-fi with guns is yes. the, the basic pitch. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it is... It's so good. It feels great. Like, it feels... Uh, at the beginning, it feels um, amazing. Even going through the demo or whatever, I was like, hey, they're like, hey, put this on the hardest difficulty to see what you can do. And I was like, oh, I can't beat this. And I want more time to learn how to get good at this. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's great. It's like you go into the room, you have different characters that are all like, they each have their own individual like uh, special abilities and passives and they have different weapons. So I think I ran as the shotgun lady who had like electric powers around her, uh, whatever. It was a great time. I was like, yeah, this is. I like going from room to room, killing the things, collecting the things, rolling out of the way, shooting the bad guys. Like, yeah, like this is give me Hades, but with guns. Um, And I'm down for it. And the co-op idea also sounds really cool. Again, I didn't get to play it, but co-op Hades doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. Uh, There's no release date for this at all. But when I talk to the guys there, they're like, we're trying to go for 2024. So... Early access for 2024. Yeah, early access. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if we get early 2024. But I'm down for it, man. Like, we honestly, for how good Hades was, we really don't get a lot of the top-down 
like roguelike. We don't get a lot of those kind of games that copied it, which is weird because it's such a good formula. Um, there's a couple here and there, but not a lot. Um, so yeah, give me one with guns. I'm down. Yeah, uh, it has a super generic name. Yes, it's a weird name. Mythic <laughs> Protocol, comma Rift Storm. Like, all right, guys, the game is better than the name. I promise oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I I think I was uh, I may have been the first one to play. I think I put it in the Discord. Like, hey. I played this. Actually, you may have been right behind me. I feel like uh, you said I it, and then I immediately around. went and played it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I did Hades sci-fi with guns, um, and I was like, "Oh, this is so good!" And they're like, "Oh, what is it?" I'm like, "Mythic Protocol Rift Storm," and they're like, "All right, sure." Um, yeah, made by some lovely gentlemen out of Jakarta who like flew in for their first time. They're they're presenting their game. They were like. Their enthusiasm was just lovely. Um, they're, they were pre-alpha at PAX, and wow. it felt so good. I'm like, no, I could pl- I could keep playing this right now, and I'd be I'd be happy. Like, obviously, yeah, add things to it, please. Um, but yeah, it already felt great to play. Uh, Mythic Protocol Rift Storm from uh, the team at Mythic Protocol. Uh, <laughs> wishlist it. It's coming to early access, maybe in 2024. Also, they were so charming. They're like, "Hey, how, do you have you played this kind of game before?" I'm like, "Have I? Of course I have." I'm like, "Bring it." And they're like, "Cool, hardcore mode." I'm like, "No, no, no, let's slow down." <laughs> they're like, "Well, we'll put you on hard then." I'm like, "All right, fine." And then yeah, I beat it on hard. And then and then they put they're like, "Okay, hardcore now." They were very um, enthusiastic. They were they were lovely folks. Katie, uh, are you saying that you're hardcore? You're a hardcore. No, gamer? I lost at hardcore. I'm real Got real it. bad. Real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i doesn't exist <laughs> yes okay this is a little game um published by dread xp who make who publish a lot of like these little um kind of spooky kind of off kilter games i'm playing my friendly neighborhood from them right now oh really yeah Interesting. yeah Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they publish a lot of these weird little games. And then this one kind of caught my eye because it is a it's a text adventure game, which I haven't played one of those in a little bit. Um, I love an adventure game. And also, um, it was kind of like a modern, it was like a modern and a retro twist on an adventure game at the exact same time. Um, so that it, it's using the text adventure, um, like text commands mechanic, where you're like walk right, walk left, like pick up this, and you're you're using that. But it felt better than those old text adventure games, where it just it understands more commands and like it can make sense of what you're typing. Like I try to throw in some different verbs and stuff, and mm-hmm. it still ended up working. And if it doesn't work, it'll say, "Hey, this didn't work. You need a." um verb you know noun Hmm. action whatever and i'm like oh because i put pick up as one word and i'm like oh that's why i screwed that up um so it kind of like helps you out a little bit better works a lot better and so it starts out kind of um seems kind of simple like it's kind of side scrolling it's a little weird there's like a talking mushroom and you're like it's kind of mysterious and you're like i don't know what's going on here there's a safe over here you don't know why it's there very mysterious um, but the further you get into it, it kind of starts twisting things around a little bit and getting kind of meta. And it's kind of the type of game where once you get going, you're like, oh, anything could happen. 
like utterly anything like i don't know like all of a sudden you're in a tunnel and there's weird colors going around and and it gets very um like existential and it's like where are we and i do i even exist and you're like what i was i was just trying to get into the vending machine two minutes ago and now we're doing some weird stuff it was just super interesting and i was like i want to keep playing this i want to see where this game goes if you like adventure games it's a cool little one to check out for sure yeah this looks rad right mm-hmm also, classic zork meets existential crisis is the log line yeah and there's something about text commands that when a text command works it's like more satisfying than just like if you had an inventory and you're like grab nail use nail on that like if you drag it over and try and use it when you type it out like you know hit whatever with this and you type it all out and then it works it's like oh it's like that old adventure game like hit but even a little bit stronger i really like my time uh no date on this one yet no um there is a demo though yes the demo came out on the 12th yes there's a steam demo that came out i believe probably right after pax um -hmm. that's probably the same one i played so yeah if you're interested check it out that's from Luol Games. Kig is the is the developer. Um, I doesn't exist. I'm gonna talk about Big Boy Boxing. Big Boy Boxing is a modern like reimagining of Punch Out, like the original Punch Out for Nintendo. They had a big old booth. I stood in a uh, in a boxing ring and played this. And basically, it's a like beautifully animated. Imagine if like the punch out that we got for the Wii back in the day had like a more dynamic indie like animation style had some wacky bosses, but then they added a very important like mechanic where in punch out, you usually just like hit the dodge and you dodge, but here you can hold the dodge. So like that to me, when they told me that, like that was sort of a, Oh, this is, this is more than just like, punch out again this is like they're taking their own path through it and my understanding is that they're going to have like a slew of different bosses and each of those bosses will have like different levels of fights so you'll have like a regular fight and then a championship fight um, with those fighters and a lot of them have like you know there are your classic like big man and fast one and then they also have like some wild uh, bosses if you watch the video too you'll see that sometimes they'll have like people on the side of the ring at the same time that you're being punched in the face there's also someone with a glove on a stick that's trying to like punch you from the sidelines so um, I've actually have got an interview here um, with Martin from the team so I'm gonna air that for us right now can you tell me what players should expect when they play big boy boxing they should expect a challenge and they should expect a gauntlet of uh, well-animated, very uh, colorful characters and uh, always expect the unexpected. So uh, a couple of subtle changes between this and a game like Punch-Out. I think the most notable one is the fact that, for example, you can hold the dodge. Are there any other things that fans of Punch-Out should expect to be a little bit different from this game? Yes. One thing we removed was the, the built-in timer in Punch-Outs that, uh, in my opinion, uh, gives some unnecessarily uh, stress. And we want the stress to come from the actual uh, boss uh, attacks. And the other thing is uh, you'll quickly find out that you can unlock and equip, uh, we call it abilities and strides, which are basically perks. 
and that will help you if you're stuck on a specific boss, you can, uh, uh, there's a, stra a strategy to it uh, rather than just uh, hamming it. Uh, you were telling me that there are uh, a number of different bosses, but beyond that, there's also specific matches for each of those bosses. Can you tell me more about that? Correct. So we have, uh, at the moment, planned 24 bosses, and each boss will have uh, an introductory fight, a rematch, and then a champion fight. That's three rematches per boss, and will be about 75 uh, different uh, fights. Um, and... Uh, None of these are going to be identical. They'll be very different. There'll be custom animations. They're going to be in a new costume. They will have a new attitude. But you'll also have a cohesive story that's being told through these three boss fights. Um, there's also mod support for this. Exactly, mod support. I'm, I come from the Minecraft modding and plugin creation uh, community. So modding has been uh, the way I was introduced to game dev. So we want to make that process as smooth as possible for people to create their own bosses, own playable characters, even own like game modes, campaigns, uh, a lot of custom stuff. We, we, we use a custom Lua language interpreter, so it's very uh, easy if you uh, have modded in uh, World of Warcraft or something that uses Lua. Uh, anything else you want to tell players? Um, and uh, when can we expect to play this? And on what consoles? So the game is going to come out on 2024. We're aiming on Steam and Switch. And uh, you should wishlist the game on Steam and follow us on socials. That's the best way to be up to date on the development. And where can folks find you on social? Uh, it's called Twitter or X. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> at Real Soup Masters. Martin, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, that was my chat with uh, Martin, who is working at Soup Masters on Big Boy Boxing. Uh, there is a demo on Steam if you want to check it out. Did any of y'all play Big Boy Boxing? I did not. No. I did see the booth, and I was like, that's really cool. I'm looking at the trailer now, and you literally just fight Doc Ock in one of these fights, which is uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. Sold. I, there's just... Legally there's, distinct Doc Ock. Legally distinct. I mean, it's... <laughs> Someone in a white suit and like four mechanical arms that all have little green boxing gloves on the end. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, big boy boxing uh, on Steam now. Uh, Adam, you and everyone here played the new Prince of Persia game. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. Prince of Persia, um, the new one, uh, as everyone knows, comes out pretty, uh, let's see, January 15th, 2024. So only 18th? a couple of months. Is it well when I went to the website it said fifteenth, but maybe that's America, you know? <laughs> I have no idea. I Googled it and it said, Hey, you're right. It I eighteenth, I'm corrected. The Wikipedia says fifteenth. I only know this because uh we were the first people to play it during the day and uh the PR person or the, you know, brand ambassador that was there like set a date and then like someone who clearly worked at Ubisoft said, Nope, that's not the date, it's not that one. Mm. And I think it was like they said the sixteenth and it was actually the eighteenth. So that's why I remembered. Here's what it is. Three days of early access with Ubisoft Plus. So actually the eighteenth because I'm We're not both getting, right. I'm not getting hey. Ubisoft Plus to play this game three days early. Um but no, it's the it's a new Prince of Persia. It's the two D side scroller. The Lost is, Crown. The Lost Crown. Uh it's a Metroidvania. It's really good, really slick. Um it felt really good. I like it. It's got the the parries and the combat is. I went into my first run, but like, I'm just gonna hack and slash. I'll be fine. Can't and do then that. got mm -mm. trounced immediately. <laughs> um, 
So you really have to take advantage of all your abilities. There's a one of the first early abilities. It's like you put a time copy down of yourself. And then like I would slide to the other side of an enemy. When they turned around, I'd shoot back to my old copy and then stab them in the back kind of a thing. Um, there's a lot of really cool abilities. You got to really play smart. And it looks great. I love the the art style. And it just feels so fast and fluid. And I'm like... Because I, I like Prince of Persia, but they've... It's been a troubled franchise, I'd say. There's that remake that's never going to come out. And then the last game wasn't great. I remember there was the cel-shaded one, which was fine. Kind of a collect-a-thon. But I'm like, yeah, bring me back to the, the 2D side-scroller kind of feel. And I'm down for it. And this guy has dreads, and I used to have dreads, so that's a big plus. Um, but no, it feels great. Um, very excited for that. And the demo was wonderful. Um was wondering why we were playing on a switch pro controller yeah we were demoing on switch which never happens at a con which was interesting but then the new trailer got showed off in the latest nintendo direct so i guess Mm. there might be a marketing deal it makes sense but the game felt great even playing switch you know i assume they'd give us a high-end pc no it still was great there so uh i know it's kind of a bigger triple a sort of a game but i don't miss out on it because i think it's going to be really solid a couple things I want to say about it is uh, to further your pitch. Uh, it was made by Ubisoft, pardon the French, Montpellier, uh, oh when they worked on the uh, Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends. So if you like those games, imagine they took that and made it like a Prince of Persia Metroidvania. So if those that combination of words excited you, it's exactly as described. And uh, the other thing that I didn't know until after the fact that Gareth Coker is actually working on the music for it. Of what fame? Uh, I know. I'm Gareth- like, who's who's this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gareth Coker did the music for Ori in the Blind Forest, uh, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Oh, good music. Uh, that's probably the thing that he's most well known for, but like done stuff for Ark and um, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, oh. um, mm. Halo Infinite. So like he's he's got a CV. Some good music, mm-hmm. some good music mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, did you have I any thoughts about this one? Completely agree. Um, it yeah felt great. It played great. I ended up using, like you said, I I went in like, oh, let's hack and slash a little bit and you get messed up real quick if you are not thoughtful about what you're doing, which I appreciate. Like, oh, so you thought about your your combat and like how it's balanced and all your different abilities where I actually ended up using almost all the abilities, like the range combat, the close combat, the parry system, um, which typically I'll be I'll kind of find the things that I like and then I'll stick within those things but I found all the abilities very very useful which doesn't usually happen and yeah no I appreciate it I'm like oh you're putting a lot of thought into this and it's a well-made game which great love well-made thoughtful games uh prince of persia the lost crown coming in january on basically everything uh you can I don't know if it has a steam page yet though it may we'll figure not. that out. We'll link to something. They're probably on Ubisoft Connect or whatever the PC client mm. is. It's on Epic. There you go. So there you go. We'll link to that. Katie, Survivor Mercs. Survivor Mercs. Okay, this was kind of a surprise. I was just rolling around, had no intention of playing it. I saw an empty seat and a nice person was like, come and play our game. And I said, sure. Survivor Mercs is just an addictive little game it's a small little game it is so basically uh vampire survivors uh, one of those likes which i'm surprised that we haven't had a couple more of those come out since that was Mm -hmm. you know really big and everyone really liked it 
So think like vampire survivors, but you are a mercenary team in the, I don't know, in the desert somewhere. But there are going to be many maps, I believe, but the one that you play is in the desert. And you are, so the twist is that you are recruiting mercenaries to like assist you. So like you don't do attacks, but you kind of recruit them and they will follow you around and do their attacks and take out enemies. And then you collect experience, you level them up. Um, and then as you progress, you use what whatever you collected on your run to kind of like upgrade your base. And in that way, it has like a little bit of like rogue legacy sprinkled in mm. where you'll upgrade your base, you'll get more um, kind of up your stats in that way. And then you'll also pick your um, like player character each run. Um, and you do that by just like generating two or three I believe it's two um, free ones each round. And they'll have different traits, very much like Rogue Legacy. Some of them are very just cosmetic, like, oh, they have night vision goggles. So like that, when you play that run, it's in night vision. Or um, other ones will be like, oh, you can carry more um, loot, but you move a little bit slower, things like that. So then you unlock more traits as you kind of put more money into your base. And then it's it's just like these quick little runs, especially when you're first playing. They're like four or five minutes. And now I'm up to like 11 minutes. Oh, no, sorry. I made it to the third boss because every five minutes there's a, new, a boss that comes on to the mm. world. Um, I, I have to do a disclosure. I got so I played it. I was like, I really like this. I want to keep on playing this. And the person, the rep at the booth was like, hey, it's coming out early access in like seven days. I'll give you a code. And I was like, oh, you know what? I would normally say no, but I kind of want to keep on playing this. So I'm like, sure, I will do that. (laughs) So I got it like two days ago and I've put like five hours into this little game (laughs) because I just kept playing it. Yeah, I was it's, like, "How do you how do you know all this thing about this? Ga- oh, you have a I've code kept playing it. <laughs> it's like a perfect little like put on a podcast like end of the night. I'll do a few runs, and then guess what? I do another run and another run and another run, and here I am, and I've put five hours into this game. Um, but anyway, so yes, that is Survivor Mercs. Just just a, just a fun little game. How do you say the studio name? Wolpertinger Games? Wolp, Wolpertinger Games, I believe. Uh, published published by Wandering Wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are out in early access right now. Um, and they're planning... It's, it's You can tell that there's a lot of things that they're like... Even within the game, they're like, this part is limited. We're going to be adding to this. And they say that a lot. But you know what? It's, it's, already, it's already fun to play. I like it. Survivor Mercs. Survivor Mercs. Uh, we each have one left, so I will go first and talk about a game I've not really talked about in any other form of PAX content. Uh, this is Spirit Swap Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2, uh, coming from <laughs> Soft Not Weak. Uh, did y'all like Pokemon Puzzle League back in the day? Did you like Tetris Attack back in the day? I like Tetris. Um, I like that, like, some games are, like, mythic protocol rift storm yep. and you're like i know nothing about that game and this game's like lo-fi beats match three like there it is this is what the game is what like a good it. name right it's a good name it's a lot of words but like it tells you exactly what it is mm. yes uh so imagine it's very much as described it is like cool characters cool art uh lots of lo-fi chill beats 
uh, and there are there's a single player mode where like it almost gets I don't want to say like dating simmy, but like you're very much going in like it's it's an adventure game where you're you know getting no characters and like doing a bunch of match threeing to lo-fi beats but the thing that i played was a multiplayer and just the core of the game is very good it's it's the it's one of the best like because you can only move blocks uh horizontally you can't move them vertically like that's very much a touchstone of games like pokemon puzzle league and tetris attack where like you can move things horizontally and then like use your horizontal moves to also move them certain levels but it's a very distinct kind of puzzle game that i don't feel like we get a lot of and it just felt really good i i was playing with someone who like loved tetris attack back in the day and like walked up and just trounced me because it's a game that is just like very simple to pick up and play. Um, there are powers that come with, um, you know, matching certain things and certain characters. Um, but it's just one that I'm really excited for. I mean, it's coming out in 2023 and it looks to be very much like a sit back, chill, do some puzzling. And if you're a lo-fi fan like I am, listen to a lot of lo-fi during the day, you're going to love this one. I was just going to say you are a big uh, lo-fi beats person, so... I am. The Lo-Fi yeah. Chill Beats get me through my life. <laughs> uh, Spirit Swap. Lo-Fi Beats to match 3-2. That's my last one. Uh, Adam, you played Thank Goodness You're Here, and I'm jealous. I tried to play it before the show floor closed and could not. So, tell us about it. Yeah, this uh, game, Thank Goodness You're Here, first shown off, I believe, at Gamescom. It's the first time I saw the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Um... And it is, so it's from a publisher from Panic, mm-hmm. developer Cole Supper. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the, the best way to, so the way that they describe it, they call it a cheeky comedy slap former. Mm-hmm. So it's, ba- you've got like a little uh, platforming going around the town doing stuff. But the main thing is that it's like, hey, if Adult Swim was like, let's do a British like Adult Swim, Rick and Morty kind of a thing, and that's the game. It's so British and so weird. Yes. I mean, like, the beginning, again, you, every time you drop in, and it's very cartoon. I, this literally, I thought when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this is an Adult Swim game, isn't it? And it was not an Adult Swim game. But, like, you start off, like, a chimney sweeps, like, pushes you into a chimney because it's Britain, of course, or Europe or whatever. <laughs> and then you jump in and, like, thank goodness you're here. Oh, uh, the chucks are sullied or whatever. And they just start going on and on and on. Jump out the window, jump down a well, and the worm's like, oh, I'm a worm. I'm here. And I'm, I don't go upstairs because there's rain. But sometimes and you just keep walking past them. And just, like, the whole game is just, like, people saying, thank goodness you're here. You're helping people do weird stuff. And everyone is just british rick and morty the whole time and Mm -hmm. it's really fun it's like this is the right amount of weird for me like you know if you've ever watched adult swim and are like haha that was a good chuckle you know maybe using some medicinal products it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a thing for you their other game cole supper they have like a 30 minute game that is sort of like a shorter version of this but it's also like not for children in a Mm. in a wink wink like sexuality way um if you if this sounds interesting you should try their first game it's like a 30 minute thing on steam Mm, i'm looking that up right now since we're on steam yeah it's Mm -hmm. again it was the right amount of like this is like cheeky and weird and colorful but then like the end of the demos like you're helping a dude make a pie but then the pie explodes I'm gonna. I don't, I'm gonna ruin too it's much. It's a Whatever. hard sell. It's it's, it's if weird. You're, if you're saying like, oh no, it's really funny. It's really weird. Um, 
this one person asks you to do this and then they're just kind of like muttering to somebody else about something else and it's just funny it's just weird and goofy and um yeah and you're just kind of like walking around trying to trying to figure out what thing to do to kind of move the scene forward and i just ran around like kicking and slapping everything because that's basically the only thing you can do you like navigate around this environment and you like kick things and i just ran around i kicked everyone and everything i possibly could and most of the time they'd just be like Ugh, and like just move a little bit but every now and then it's like oh now you just like you know kicked this table over and now this thing is rolling away like just little things are like sprinkled in that you can like interact with and yeah i don't know the humor is just i i had never really played anything quite like it like i'm like this would be like a perfect like two to three hour little experience of just just funny weirdness that brings a smile to your face yeah what if goose game was a little more horny yes but not as much of a puzzle like less a less puzzling than goose game but Mm -hmm. basically that also not that horny like this game in particular was like yeah not there's some like innuendos and some jokes but like it's not like a horny sexual game at all um they're just kind of like some tongue-in-cheek jokes that are happening um but yeah no it was just super charming and and strange i'm looking at the first game jacob uh good time garden i see what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a friend of the show kyle stevenson that pointed out uh that one that he could not play that one in front of his nieces Ah. oh that's what he was talking about okay all right yeah do not uh but again this is thank goodness you're here coming out next year uh wishlisted if you if you like that description Katie, you've got one more. You've got Another Crab's Treasure. Yes. Another Crab's Treasure, um, which is a Souls-like, surprisingly enough, but like cartoony, fun Souls-like that was unexpected. Um, Basically, all of PAX, people were like, hey, you have to go play that. Um, Go play Sheldon Ring. Yeah, Sheldon Ring. Um, Except more like... More like uh, PS2 platformer mm-hmm. moving around, like 3D platformer. Yeah. But then with this great combat, that's very, very Souls-like, where you have to you have to dodge and parry on, on time and get your attacks it in at the right It felt very times. like Ocarina of Time when I played it. Interesting. But modernized in a good way. I've never actually played Ocarina of Time. I have, I have a lot of Zelda, uh, uh, yeah, gaps. Making a note for future Left Behind I'm, Game Club oh, episodes. Oh, all right, all right. Um, so you are a crab, you're a hermit crab navigating the ocean floor and getting into fights and meeting bosses like a big uh, crab looking thing that has, that pulls up chopsticks out of like the paper sleeve and is like, and then you're fighting that. And then, you know, it has boss stages where then it splits the chopsticks in half and now it has two of them. And, um, it was hard. Okay. Um, Joseph Hooper for the show, um, apparently beat both bosses and just like rolled right through it and i was like okay bring it and then i went and watched and, him do it and i got just trounced mm-hmm. and i love souls games like i'm a from soft mega fan and i'm like what is happening and the the person at the booth next to me is like you can do it you can do it i'm like yeah yeah don't stop talking to me like <laughs> you're putting pressure i feel bad um but yeah it's fun and you can roll around and get different items as a hermit crab you can find like different like trash around the sea ocean floor to then put on your back as like a shield 
Um, so when you lose that, you can like run to get a different piece, a different thing that's a shield, either a can, like an old rusty can or a piece of sushi or whatever, like a lot of different items. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It's nice to play a Souls-like that is not so Dark Souls-like in tone and feel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is taking that thing, but in a like cartoon, fun-looking uh, environment where you're navigating around. Like I had also played another game called Enotria. Um, I think Enotria, the last song or mm-hmm. something, which is a like Souls-like, Souls-like that's like Dark Souls, but in uh renaissance italy and that was a lot of fun too but this was a more refreshing spin on on the genre uh that is another crab's treasure uh i know friend of the show luke lewis really loved it and gave it his game a show so it's something that agro crab finally living up to the name Mm -hmm. after their first game did either of you play what is it going under was that their first game oh yeah i played that it was on game pass for a while yeah, you like it? Yeah, it was pretty fun. Little dungeon crawler thing. There you go. I believe. Yes, yes. Uh, so those are our selections from PAX uh, West. Let me just quickly go through them again. For me, Leaf Blower Man, Biomorph, Fraymakers, Big Boy Boxing, Spirit Swap, Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2, Katie, Starvaders, Cobalt Core, Mirthwood, I Doesn't Exist, Survivor Mercs, and Another Crab's Treasure. And from Adam, Anton Blast, Ascent Rivals, Mythic Protocol, Riftstorm, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Thank goodness you're here. Before we close, I just want to know if there are any other quick hits that y'all want to hit because I have I have three of them that I can really quickly hit on. Um, we went to The Mix, which was a wonderful mm. event put on by the Media Indie Exchange. Got to play a bunch of games, have a couple drinks. The tacos were fabulous. And I played a game called Yellow Taxi Go Vroom, which <laughs> is very much like a combination of Super Mario 64 and Crazy Taxi nice. where I was platforming and exploring and getting coins. It was early, but it was tons of fun. Uh, so wishlist that one. Um, we all played Foam Stars, or a few of us played Foam Stars. That was my biggest surprise of the show because that game's actually all right. Yeah, uh, Katie, you played it with me, right? Yeah, that I don't game's know. All right, it's it. You know what? I had fun in that moment. Mm-hmm. It is not the type of game that I usually gravitate towards. I'm not typically a multiplayer uh, game player. I, I like my single player, um, mm-hmm. but. Like, no, it was fun. Like, if I had, like, a group of friends, like, I'd play that again. That was the one for me. That was my one honorable mention. I was like, Foam Stars doesn't suck. What's going yeah. on here, guys? <laughs> there is an open beta, I believe, coming at the end of September, early October. So maybe jump in on that. I, I think if that game is either very cheap or free to play, I will definitely check it out. Have fun yep. for a weekend or whatever. I will say, maybe it stays secret hidden forever. There is an excellent trio of photos of Katie oh, that has to that are correlated to foam stars and I just want to leave it there they're great and it has everything to do with foam stars <laughs> if you're in the left behind game club discord uh, at <laughs> leftbehindgame.club/discord uh, we actually shared them i believe yesterday as a recording yeah. of the show um they're fantastic go find them oh they're great i look i look enthralled i am uh there is one of me just staring off disinterested into the distance there's one of me just eyes fully closed blinking and then there was another one which wasn't better and i'm like oh yeah look at that and then everyone else around me is like yay and i'm just staring off looking at nothing like hunched shoulders like it is clearly day three of packs and i'm just like mm, waiting for foam store foam stars here we are <laughs> 
Um, and then my final honorable mention is uh, World of Horror. This is the latest one from Easebird Games. It's a one-bit adventure game that's also a roguelite. That's um, It's a uh, love letter to Junji and H.P. Lovecraft. And I only got to play one run, but it reminded me weirdly of like PC games I used to play as a kid, but like super scary. So that one's out in like four weeks. So World of Horror, Yellow Taxi Go Room, Foam Stars. Yeah, World of Horror. That was the black and white one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it looked really cool. Really scary, too. Mm -hmm. A lot going on. Two quick ones. Techno Banter. Um, yeah you're a uh bouncer at like a, a kind of like german uh like euro trash nightclub um it, it was fun i liked it but also the when the person at the booth was pitching it to me was explaining the game to me i was like okay this is what you're about to sit down and play they were like so you're a bouncer at a booth um uh, are you familiar with monkey island and i'm like <laughs> am i <laughs> And this is like the day after the whole uh, no clip thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am. And he's like, it uses the like insult mechanic from uh, Monkey Island. And I'm like, let's go. I crushed that demo, by the way. <laughs> the person next to me got like negative two stars. And then they're like, hey, how many two stars did you get? I'm like, five. Five stars. <laughs> insulted everybody. It was great. Um, and then my last one was also at the mix. It's called Below the Stone. It is okay. a roguelite dungeon crawling you know mining slash fending off enemies crafting things going back in um it is like a small little game uh made by stroll art published Hmm. by apogee entertainment oh it's an apogee joint yeah they have a demo out it is a it is like way early like they might put out like an early access like at some point but um yeah the demo is out on steam it was a lot of fun. Like, it was like, oh, this is hitting all the things I like. Like, I love me a roguelite. Like, if you intro that at the start of your pitch, I'll probably be like, oh, okay. Um, had a lot of fun. And then also just chatting with the developer was like one of like the heartwarming moments for me because it was the first game that he's making. It's a small team. It, it's like, oh, we just doubled in size. We went up from three to six. And like, <laughs> it's like, oh, like we're working on this game. Is really passionate about it. He had made a couple like little hobby games in the past, but it's his first like attempted commercial release game. And I just, I don't know, I'm rooting for them. So I'm like, I have my eye on it. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking at the trailer right now. It reminds me of like, fantasy enter the gungeon with mining stuff yeah 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 the, the combat is like kind of bare bones and he actually told me he's like actually probably next up is we're probably just going to revamp entirely the combat um so like it's going to be changing they're going to be adding a lot of stuff but yeah it's like i, I made me think of enter the gungeon mixed with um kind of like the dungeon crawling of um like stardew, stardew valley yeah. yeah stardew valley slash uh like moonlighter-ish um mm. yeah i don't know it's just a lot of devs this time like they just had my heart i don't know <laughs> a lot of them were just so sweet and really enthusiastic about their games and very receptive to criticism and like wanted to hear it which is nice because sometimes you're like, you know, like I, at East, I had a couple where I was like, well, I have like this criticism. And they were like, really? Like they were shocked. Like they'd never heard it before. I was no like, one's ever told us that before. Yeah. I'm like, really? Because that's kind of a glaring thing here. But no, most of them were like, oh, great. Good to hear. Like they really wanted feedback on their games. A lot of um, devs from like 
um the Poland? like western pacific like like said like indonesia um oh. there was one from one game where they had come from Macedonia and they're like, it's our first time in North America. And they're like pumped about their little game. And like, I don't know. I just, it was heartwarming times. I really liked it. So yeah, below the stone. I don't know. He got me in the feels. So I'm like, I'm going to follow this one. Uh, those are all the video games that we, we played more, but those are some oh. of our favorites from PAX West. Uh, so like we said before, if any of these uh, tickled your fancy and you have a Steam account, I mean, if you don't have a Steam account, you're probably not listening to the show, but like wishlist these games because it really helps. Uh, that's our show. That's our PAX West mega show. Adam, thank you for coming. Uh, if folks want to find you and your malarkey on the internet, where's the best place they can do that? <laughs> My grand malarkey. Well, again, thanks your for having Maloney. me. Yeah, right. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Thanks for having me out at PAX. Awesome to see everybody. Katie, you as well. I had a yeah. great time. Wonderful. Loved it. Would do again. Uh, five-star review. Uh, but you can find me on X at Adam Gumby. Uh, that hurt you to say. I hate it. It it's hurts. It, it still hurts. It's Wait till awful. you have to pay for X. I'm not doing that. No. Um, <laughs> but Respawn Aim Fire is the gaming podcast, uh, which is probably the thing that would interest people listening to this. So we do weekly shows, but we have a lot of fun segments. Once a month, we do a, a game show, like a uh, side project thing. Jacob was on one of those. Maybe he did good. Maybe he didn't do as good as me. I guess you'll have to see and find out. <laughs> and you have barf, which would be the most relevant to this audience. Yes. Backlog accomplishment with respawn and friends. Uh, well, yeah, where we review um, a game that's been on our backlog. Venbo was the last one we did, and uh, Luke Lewis came on and talked about that with us. Um, but a lot of times it's a little older stuff. Like we did this year, it was like Metal Gear Solid 3 and um, other things. That's just the one that pops to mind because it's the one I dislike the most. Uh, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, Adam, thank you so much for coming in for your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Katie, uh, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, I, I'm on X. I'm Les Brack, L-E-S-P-E-R-A-K. At some point, there's going to be a cutscenes episode that releases where I'm like, I'm off. I'm off of X. I left. I'm on threads now. Yeah, X nicks that. <laughs> yeah, that aged poorly. <laughs> yeah, that did. I mean, there'll be another cutscenes episode where I'm like, just kidding. I'm back on X. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's where I'm at. Uh, what, what's this other podcast that you do? You want to tell me about that a little bit? Cutscenes. Yeah. A video game, movie, and TV podcast. Yeah. At some point, we will return. We are on hiatus due to the strike. The what's it called? Writers and SAG strike. Thank you so much. Due to that, um, we're on hiatus until that gets resolved. And then we will release our season five, I believe. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which will be fun. Which will be a summer blockbuster season. Which will release probably not during the summer but it'll still be fun yeah it'll release in the winter and you're gonna love it yeah uh you can find me on everywhere at jacob mccourt j-a-c-o-b-m-c-c-o-u-r-t um i would say if you haven't watched the uh, video game trivia panel it's something that i'm really proud of so like please go watch that uh video game live Video Game Trivia Live 3 Dub Edition is the name. Uh, you can find it in this feed if you want to listen to it or on, on giantbomb.com. 
It was so good. Everyone, it was watch great. It. it was a lot of Jacob's fun. a very good host, very energetic. It's crazy how you just turned it on. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm normal Jacob. And he's like, I'm a host of a video game trivia. <laughs> just like, put, right. a, put a microphone on my hand and I turn into Bob Barker. Rip yeah. Bob Barker. I, I mean, you you have your like Bob Barker uh, like show cards now mm-hmm. that are next very time. I need the Bob Barker microphone, which is something <gasps> that I've looked into, but I can't find the appropriate. Anyway, I looked into <laughs> it. Uh, I think that's all for our show. Uh, we've got an episode coming out very soon about Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look for that. That's going to be our next episode. But until then, shout out Mike Ruffalo. Not my friends is one less game left behind. Video games are a unique medium. They can tell stories. Immerse us in strange, fantastic worlds. Blur the very boundaries of our reality. But at the end of the day, video games are fun. Whatever fun is to you. I'm Jeff Moonen. And I am Matt A.K. Stormageddon. And on Fun and Games, we talk about the history, trends, and community of video games. It's a celebration of all the games we play and all the fun we find within them. And there's so many more games out there. So we hope you'll share in that conversation with us. Fun and Games podcast with Matt and Jeff. Find us on certpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And happy gaming.